In this episode of the Brawn Body Podcast, I'm joined again by my good friend, Julie Burrell. Julie was on a podcast with us a few months ago as part of a big group podcast that we did. Julie is a graduate of the University of Scranton's Exercise Science Program. She's currently finishing up her doctorate in physical therapy there. She's a certified strength and conditioning specialist through the NSCA, and you can find her on Instagram at goalsetmindset underscore JB. Julie is very passionate about physical and mental recovery. She's very big on the mental side of fitness, wellness, and health and training. And that's why I asked her to come on and kind of discuss those things with me. She's given presentations at colleges before, including Scranton, where she uh, finished her undergrad at, on these topics. She uses them when she's coaching athletes. She knows her stuff, and I'm very thankful for her time and excited to kind of bring you this episode. This episode and all of our episodes, as you know, are brought to you by CTM Band, Compression Tension Movement. comes from Dr. Kyle Bowling out at Louisville, Kentucky. We had him on the podcast a while back. Kyle works with elite uh, athletes such as Boston Marathon champions, Kentucky Derby winning horse jockeys, NFL players, all of the best athletes work with Kyle and they use his products to recover. I like his products a lot. I have his Rumble Roller, his CTM band and a couple other products from him and I can't recommend them enough. If you'd like to give his products a try, click the link in the description below and use the coupon code BRAWN10 for 10% off your order. That's all from our sponsors. Enjoy the show. Julie, welcome to the show. Excited to have you back. Thanks for having me. So... As we've kind of discussed between ourselves, I know you have a huge passion for mindfulness and gratitude, and you're always sharing your morning gratitude journal, actually. Um, I'm a huge fan of that. I think something that people in today's day and age forget is to give thanks, right? Everyone wants more or feels that they need more, but people often forget to give thanks for what they already have in their life, and they don't recognize that. What kind of started you on that journey of kind of practicing gratitude for lack of a better way to put it yeah so I've always been into personal development especially the last couple of years and one of the trends that kept coming up when I would read about you know success and building habits and things like that is um, having a gratitude practice so last summer I was actually living with my dad because he was um, experiencing some health problems and I was having a little bit of a rough time just like mentally and emotionally dealing with that and um, I figured it was a good time to give gratitude a try. So I am a big fan of Rachel Hollis's work. She's, um, you know, just like a female entrepreneur, strong women kind of deal. And uh, write five things down each morning that she's grateful for um, that are from the previous 24 hours. So I decided that was a very specific thing. It's definitely achievable. And I got into it. Um, and I've been doing it ever since. So today was day 433. I do keep track. I post my list every morning. <laughs> wow. I haven't missed a day and um, it's been amazing. No days off for you. Not even for the holidays, huh? That's yeah, awesome. exactly. If anything, that would probably make the holidays more meaningful, right? Just kind of giving more 
purpose to uh, those days. So no, that's really awesome. And uh, I like how you said too, you kind of started this when you were facing some challenges in life, some difficult times. And people often look at these challenges and ask, why me? You know, why is this happening to me? And you're the kind of person that just said, well, try me. And you actually used those experiences to foster growth within yourself, develop yourself further and create new healthy habits that, you know, they got you through the tough times, but now they're carrying you through your higher times too and keeping you there. So I think there's kind of a lot to be said about just your own personal journey with this. So I think that's really cool. Yeah, that's exactly it. And what's really cool about it is, especially when you write them down and you get to keep like a journal is looking back on those days or those times that were tough and seeing the good things that were happening during those times. So looking back to the beginning in that summer, reading about, you know, like the dinner that I got to have with my dad or the walks that we went on together or enjoying a sunny day and like being reminded of the, all of the good that was happening around me, even though I was experiencing difficult things. And not just during that time, you know, sometimes we have difficult days, weeks, even just periods of a day. Um, but being able to notice the good things around you, not only in the moment, but be able to look back and see it as well is really powerful. For sure. Um, kind of going along with that too, are there any other benefits that you noticed from uh, starting your gratitude journal other than, you know, the big one, like you just said, looking back and kind of realizing just how powerful those little moments have been in your life? Yeah, the most powerful thing about gratitude and any sort of mindfulness practice in general is that it actually creates like changes in your brain and it changes the way that your mind works. That's another reason why I started it and why I'm into meditation and breathing and, you know, some of that other stuff. Um, but there's a lot of research behind the fact that regularly practicing gratitude basically shrinks the part of your brain that controls anxiety and sadness and depression, the amygdala. And your happiness connections, I like to call them, those neural connections of feel good feelings get stronger. And I 100% noticed that just going through my day to day, I feel a lot more resilient when little things happen. You know, when something doesn't go as planned or somebody disappoints you, I don't feel as affected by it as I once did because I've mastered my, not mastered my mind, I guess there's always um, you know, room for improvement, but I've created that mindset where it just doesn't seem that bad. You know, there's always something around you that's good to notice. And in the beginning, it takes effort to do that. You know, it takes practice and it might not seem like it's working, so to speak. But before you know it, you've been doing it for weeks, months, years, and it's just a habit. And you don't, it's not effortless or it becomes effortless to notice all of that around you. For sure. And that's something uh, that's probably come in handy for a day like today, right? When you get busy, stressed, you're doing all kinds of work, and then things aren't going right at the apartment there. You said you had some water issues. and Yeah, we got a little bit of a leak. It's no biggie. <laughs> that becomes something that you can just kind of brush aside, where I can tell you right now, I can think of a few dozen people right off the top of my head who any one of those things, if that happened, it would just set them off and they would their whole day would be lost and um definitely and i think it's great too because it's not even about like some people might think you know i'm not going through a lot of hardship right now i might not need it and i like to think of it as almost like preparatory work 
for your brain for when you hit those hard times in life. You know, I'm very much aware of the fact that life right now is good. You know, like when we're like, I'm still a student. I still don't have all of the stresses that I'm going to have one day as a full-time employee or as a wife or a mom or something like that. But doing the work now, just like same philosophy in the gym, right? We go to the gym, we get stronger. So down the road, when illness hits or life hits, we are more apt to deal with it. Same thing with your brain. By doing this work and by doing this gratitude down the road, when life does get a lot harder than it is now, my brain's just going to be that much more ready to handle it. My mind is going to be ready to handle it. For sure. It's like mental exercise instead of physical exercise. And For sure. the mind is something that we often overlook and neglect. And, you know, it's great to be big and strong physically, but mentally, you know, your mental fitness can really make or break you. This is what kind of keeps you going, not just in the gym or in life, but in all these kind of unseen, undescribable kind of feelings, the things you get when you're with family, the things that you get when you're, whether you're practicing faith or around friends, whatever you're doing, uh, if you don't have your mental or your mindfulness in order, you know, the lack of mental strength and mental fortitude when life happens, when things get rough, is going to kind of seep over into all those other aspects of your life. And it's not going to be pretty. Uh, And again, like I mentioned before, and I'm sure you feel the same way. You see people all the time these days who they go through life and one little hiccup happens to their day and their whole day is gone. Whole day is shot. They just throw the whole thing away. Well, you know, this didn't go according to plan. So that's it for the day. And to have the resilience to carry on when obstacles do arise and get in your way and to take that obstacle and make it your way forward. That's something we don't see a lot of anymore, but it can really lead to success in all aspects of your life. Um, Yeah. And aside from, aside from resilience, also just the practice of being present in your life right now, we have become so good as, as human beings at looking back at the past and looking forward at the future, not actually knowing what's coming our way that we forget what's going on around us right now. You know, I have people in my life who are constantly talking about things that may or may not happen years down the road. And it's not a bad thing. You know, we want to prepare, we want to dream, we want to have goals, but to a certain point, you need to like stop and look around you and just be like, I need to enjoy the now because the right now is something that you're never going to get back. For sure. And there's kind of this, I want to say dilemma or lack of understanding too. So we live in a world of instant gratification. You can get anything you want instantly. You can get a pizza delivered to you, any kind of food you want delivered to your door, 10 minutes, groceries, 20 minutes. You can go on Instagram, post a photo and get likes, comments instantly. You can text someone, get a hold of them instantly. And yet when you talk to people, they have this mindset of, you know, five years from now, 10 years from now, or they're stuck in the past and they're thinking, yeah, you know, back in my day, 10 years ago when I played high school football and there's just this lack of present, but there's also this lack of delayed gratification. So it's kind of weird how the two intersect, but don't in a way how we have people that live for the moment yet are constantly thinking about the past or the future. And instead we almost need to I don't want to say live in the moment, but focus on the present while doing things that will pay off in the long term, if that makes sense. Kind of hard to follow, yeah. but um, definitely. Yeah. 
So there's a lot of that stuff going on. And kind of with that too, like we've been talking about mindfulness and your mental practice can really make or break your entire life. It all starts with uh, your internal. So with that, how can people go about kind of incorporating more mindfulness practice into their lives? Where's a good starting spot? Should they jump right into a journal? Is there a book you recommend? Or do you have like a coach or counselor or anything like that? Yeah, great question. I mean, it's definitely different for everybody. And I do have friends who say that they've tried journaling before, and it's just not something that they enjoy doing. So definitely understanding that it may take you a little bit to find out what you prefer. Now, I personally have a few mindfulness practices. Morning gratitude is kind of the staple that everything else is centered around. Um, But another one that's really popular is doing like a meditation practice. And I want to preface that with when you first think of meditation, you picture like a Buddhist monk in total solidarity with a quote unquote empty mind. However, what meditation practice really is, is sitting with your thoughts. And I started meditating um, back in the beginning of this year after having a conversation with somebody who kind of recommended that I try it. And my first thought was, there's no way I'm ever going to be good at that. I talk too much. My mind's too busy. There's no way. But what it's really all about is spending time with your mind and just sort of stepping back and watching the thoughts that you have. Um, And again, it just gives you a way to like be present with your emotions, whether they're good or they're bad, whether you're celebrating something or you're getting through something, spending time with that just makes you feel a little bit more in control of what's happening in your world right now. Um, But even more basic than that, if you don't wanna sit down and meditate, um, taking on like a mindful breathing practice. And this is another thing that's getting a lot of attention and research and stuff. Just sitting comfortably in a chair, laying on the floor, whatever it may be, and doing a minute of deep breathing through your nose specifically. It's crazy the physiological impact that that has on your body, the way that it affects all sorts of biomarkers and stuff like that. And even if you're not focused on what you're thinking about, doing that physical practice essentially flosses your vagus nerve, which is our parasympathetic you know, powerhouse, and helps you relax and just helps you reduce stress. So there's a lot of you know, different things that you can do. Um, in terms of a book, I'm sure there's a lot more out there, but the book that kind of started me on my mindfulness and personal development journey is called Grit by Angela Duckworth. And it's about you know, um, successful people and what it truly takes to be successful. And it's not intelligence and it's not money. It's passion and perseverance, finding what you truly love, what you truly want and living in the now, persevering through it and continuing to follow your goals. Um, And that sort of led me, you know, to this point of just doing everything I can to be present and appreciative and happy, you know, like we all have the ability to be happy. Happy comes from within. It just takes a little bit of practice. For sure. That was all great information there. So I like one, how you mentioned that there's a lot of different ways to practice mindfulness and it's really up to the individual. And, you know, all of these things we've been talking about are what I would consider forms of self-care, self-help, treating yourself. So I know a lot of people will say their self-care or their mental health practice involves you know a night out on the town or something like that and it's not to say those things don't have a place every now and then 
but you're not going to do that every day. So having something like this that you can do every day that will benefit you from within and not destroy you from within, even though it might feel good at the time, uh, is very powerful. And like you said, this comes in many forms. You can meditate. And if you don't like meditating, maybe you like something a little more active where it's more like yoga. So we're blending that meditation and mindfulness with a little bit of movement. Maybe you prefer to sit down alone with your thoughts and just breathe. Maybe you prefer to journal and write it out. There's no right or wrong way to do it. Like you said, it's just finding what works best for you. Uh, so yeah. And going off of that, sorry to interrupt you, but what you said good. about, you know, when you ask people, what do you like to do for yourself? What does your me time look like? People will say, you know, it's watching Netflix or it's going out or something like that, which those are really great things. I love to do those things too. But there's something to be said about spending time with yourself, with your mind, with your thoughts, with your body, with nothing else. We have become so conditioned to drown out our thoughts with other things. And I look specifically at like the current teenage population. And it makes me laugh because we aren't that old. Like I am 24 years old, but I look at my 16, 17 year old cousin and they can't go a second without their phone and it's not because like they can't do it or they're super reliant on it but technology becomes sort of a pacifier the second that you are having a hard time with something internally you grab something else to drown it out when in reality as humans we're meant to go through struggle we're designed to push through struggle and the issue arises when you get into adulthood and you don't know how to persevere not because it's your fault, but because you're using these other means to drown it out and you haven't trained your brain to deal with these problems like, like you're supposed to. You know, So in terms of a self-care practice, doing something by yourself without anything else distracting you around you, you know, like being able to be present with your own thoughts. And I hope to see that people will start to do that more because Netflix is great. It serves its purpose, you know, watch it as you will. But it only takes like five minutes of your day to sit down with yourself and just be present and just clear your mind and evaluate how you're feeling and then take it from there. You know, I love how you brought that up because I feel the same way. People are very overstimulated and you mentioned it with your cousin. I've seen it in clinic treating um, different younger populations. Uh, there's a 17 year old I'm working with right now who I give this person an exercise and they sit there on their phone doing the exercise. And I'm thinking, well, there goes any kind of motor learning whatsoever. That's all <laughs> out the window. Um, yeah. Or I'll see that person back in a couple more months with a referral for neck pain. But it's amazing to me how overstimulated people are and how plugged in people are to technology. There was a study in 2018. Uh, it was published in I forget the journal right off. I'll see if I can find it for the notes here. Um, but I came across it reading one of my favorite books of all time, Little Black Book by Mike Matthews. And the study looked at the amount of time people spent in front of the screen. And the average adult American sits in front of a TV for eight hours a day between morning, wow. night, everything. And I just look at that number and I'm just so alarmed by it and i'm sure it's even worse now because there's more people at home uh over the past year year and a half with the pandemic and all that sort of thing unemployment numbers up that's a whole nother story but i'm sure the problem's worse now and it's just 
so crazy to think how much time we are wasting away doing something passive that's not benefiting us in any way. If anything, it's hurting us. And we use that as an excuse to kind of avoid doing these other things and shirking responsibility for our own health. You know, we don't have time to meditate. We don't have time to do yoga because, well, it's late. Well, you know, we got this going on. Well, we got that. But we have time to sit in front of the TV for four hours. So I, I think that there needs to be a huge paradigm shift with what we consider self-help. You know, sitting in front of a TV and watching Netflix is not, you know, a bad thing in moderation, right? Everything in moderation, but anymore, this is becoming something that's becoming like chronic behavior, like binge watching. You know, we think about binge eating and we say, that's not good. So how, how can we, you know, consciously support someone binge watching, you know, six hours of TV every single day? Yeah. And anytime anybody would ask, like, you know, what's the point of all this? Why bother? It's not going to work. I just like to think of it as I don't want life to happen to me. I don't want things to happen to me. I want to make things happen for me. Like I want things in my life to be happening for me and with me. Whereas when we're so passive like that, and we're not even thinking about what's happening around us, life is just happening to you, you know, and you're just being controlled like a puppet, like take control of your environment and your mind and what your thoughts are. Don't let your phone and your TV manipulate your mind. Like we have control over those things, you know? Yep. That's a whole nother argument. I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole, but (laughs) people don't think freely anymore. And instead, you know, they hear something and they're like, that's what I'm going to think. That sounds right. And they just roll with that thought. Um, but kind of coming along with that, you mentioned before about, you know, books that helped you. Um, I mentioned the little black book. The other one I'll throw out there is called claim your power by Mast and Kip great 40 day kind of self-guided intro to everything we've been talking about by someone who's overcome a lot of, you know, scary stuff. We'll say, uh, between health problems, addiction, um, you know, homelessness, everything, um, So it's kind of interesting to see how other people have used similar things to what we're talking about right now to kind of better themselves in the situations that they were in versus where they are now. Like you said, they were kind of part of someone else's plan before. And now they were, they were alive, but not really living their life. And now they're living their life and they're more empowered. They're more in control of their own life and their decisions and their actions. And you know, again, all of this can help with that. And we've mentioned a few resources already, but there's tons out there. You know, there's never been a better time to find information between YouTube and podcasts and books. I mean, the whole world is at your fingertips. So take advantage of that, if nothing else. Um, Going along with that too, you had mentioned about breathing and breath work. And that's something that I've kind of delved into more myself lately because I I felt like a lot of the health problems and different things I struggle with myself came back to breathing. So I was a terrible mouth breather for years and years, uh, had some difficulty sleeping and, you know, the typical high sympathetic tone things. And I know there's a lot of research coming out now about breathing and, you know, it's still in the early phases, but it looks good. But there's a a little self-experiment. I wrote it down a while ago and I had to pull it up again because I didn't want to mix it up here. 
but if you're listening to this, hit pause for a second, do a set of push-ups. Just do one set, count your reps, see how many you get. Maybe you get 30, maybe you get 40. Take a break for the next half hour. And after about half an hour to an hour, do 40 rounds of max inhale. So all the way in through your nose and max exhale all the way out. Just laying down on your back all the way in, all the way out, nice and slow uh, and controlled. So do that about 30, 40 times. And then after the last one, blow everything out and then do another round of push-ups. And almost every time I've told someone to do this, they go up by, you know, 20, 30% in how many push-ups they can do because they kind of reset themselves neurologically, right? They're more present within their body. They're more relaxed. They've now got better oxygen flow throughout their body and to their tissues. So, you know, if you don't believe in or need something more to kind of buy into these things that we're talking about, that's kind of my little self-prescription I like to give people, uh, especially with training when I say, okay, before you work out, you're going to breathe. You know, people like to make sure they're getting value for what they're doing, value for their time. So highly recommend trying that. Um, I don't know if you've got anything similar to that, but that's kind of my favorite one. No, definitely has a big impact on athletic performance. And like during exercise, that's something that I'm pretty new to understanding and like new to trying it myself. But I'm a big believer now in that you have not truly mastered a movement pattern unless you can breathe through it. And, you know, a lot of us are taught or just kind of naturally hold our breath while we lift weights or while we do any sort of exercise. Um, when in reality, we should be able to breathe through the movement, through its entire range of motion. So I would agree. I would say next time you go to work out, be mindful of your breath. That might even mean to like do some of your exercises without music. Do your warm up without music and pay attention to your breath. And you'll be surprised how difficult it is to breathe through a squat or a deadlift or a bench press if you've never done that before. But it'll improve your performance dramatically once you get a handle on it. For sure. And your knowledge background in this, uh, amongst many other things that we'll be talking about in our next episode, comes not just from your schooling, but all these advanced extracurricular things that you've been doing. Uh, I know you're kind of one of the strength coaches at the University of Scranton. You've obtained your NSCA, CSCS. You've been kind of always striving for more, for lack of a better way to put it. Um, so kind of with that, would you say that all these mental health, gratitude, mindfulness, mindset kind of stuff that we've been talking about, has that kind of helped you achieve more? Or has it made it, I don't want to say easier, but I'll, I'll say easier uh, to do more? Yeah, I would say so. I mean, still just going back to that idea of like being present in the now, it's a lot easier to work towards something when you're focused on what's happening right in front of you. Things get really scary and intimidating and you start doubting yourself when you think, you know, three months, six months, a year out on something. But if you're doing these practices where you're spending time with like how you're feeling in this moment and working on mental and physical readiness, it just makes it that much easier to break down a task and, you know, go for it and achieve it. And it definitely on top of that has, I wouldn't say, you know, like you said, like it doesn't necessarily make things easier. You have to work hard no matter what things are tough, but when you feel more like in control like that, it definitely keeps 
you keeps bringing you back to like reflecting on the success that you've had previously. So like, for example, I, you know, still have goals for like things that I want to do and ways that I want to progress professionally, personally. And what motivates me more than anything is reflecting on the success that I've already had and knowing that I'm capable of so much more than I initially thought, you know, if you told me like three or four years ago that I would be doing all of the things that I'm doing right now and that I would have all of these achievements, I don't know if I'd believe you. And that's not to sound conceited, but it's just to say like when you are present and you can look at your life and look at your now and be like, holy crap, I did all of these things. That's the fire that you need to keep pushing for more. When you're always worried about that thing that you want in the future and you're not focusing on the now, you just think of it as this apple that you're never going to reach, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah, definitely has an influence. I like how you said that fire within too, or something along those lines. Um, I'm big on whatever you're doing in life, you need to ignite the fire. And if there is no fire within, then you need to find something that lights your fire. So whether that's, you know, one of like us in grad school, obviously the physical therapy path ignited something within us that we said, you know what, this is good. I like this. I can see myself doing this for life. You know, you might be listening to this and you might be thinking physical therapy. You might get into it and say, this is great. This is for me. I love this. You might also listen to this and say, you know what, I don't want anything to do with physical therapy. That's not for me. Uh, you have to find your passion project. So kind of doing all these things are going to prepare you for whatever that is. But just keep in mind too, whatever you do has to be the right thing for you. And that right thing is going to look different for every single person. I know people who are very happy working as a contractor. And I know people who are very happy working as a doctor. You know, there's a whole lot of in between. So just kind of find where you feel you're meant to be, where you feel you're called and focus on what you can do to enjoy wherever that is. Um, so ignite that fire. Uh, with that, do you have any other kind of closing remarks or any other uh, advice or insight you'd like to offer to anyone listening, Julie? Sure. Um, yeah, actually one more point that I want to make specifically about gratitude practice is to understand that it's not your fault or our fault that we focus on the negative things sometimes, you know? There's a reason why we have to practice and train our brain to think in a positive way. And when I talk about anything that relates to mental or physical performance, I always like to relate back to like fundamentally as human beings from a biological perspective, how are we designed? What do our brains like to do? And the analogy that I've heard before that really speaks to me is like, if you think of us as primal humans and our primal brain, and there's a saber-toothed tiger in front of you with a beautiful rainbow behind it, what do you think you're going to notice, the tiger or the rainbow? You're, of course, going to notice the tiger and freak out and run away. Now, even though those sorts of situations don't happen anymore, our brain is exactly the same. So it's not your fault that in your world, you're focused on the scary things that are happening around you, the bad things that happen to you. But you can train your brain to push those to the side a little bit, to not let them affect you as much, and to find the rainbows. So I like to say now, like, I'm just out here finding rainbows in a world full of saber-toothed tigers. Now, does that mean that everything is happy and dandy all the time? No. Do I understand that 
shit happens and life is hard, of course I do. Nothing's ever going to negate that. But it is so, so powerful. And all I can say is try it. Try it for a month and see how you feel. You will find the rainbows. It might be a sunny day. It might be birds. It might be a stranger saying hi to you at the coffee shop. It's little tiny things that make you say, wow. And then all of a sudden that saber-toothed tiger turns into like a little house cat and it's not scary anymore. I love that. Great analogy. It's, it's all about perspective. You'll, you'll, sure. find what, you'll find what you're looking for. Um, so with that, Julie, thank you so much for joining us and for your time. Uh, for those listening, if you haven't already, make sure you go to Instagram and follow Julie. You can find her at goalsetmindset underscore JB. Uh, I'll put it below if you don't want to type it out so you can just copy and paste it. Uh, Julie, again, thank you so much. I'm really excited for Wednesday's episode. Going to be a good one. Thanks for having me. This is awesome. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Brawn Body Podcast. If you could, hit that subscribe button if you're not already. This way you don't miss any of our upcoming podcast episodes. We've got another one coming out with Julie on Wednesday. We've also got an exciting guest coming on in a couple weeks. We'll actually reveal who that is in the next episode with Julie. We'd also ask that you share this episode with your friends, anyone who you know might benefit from listening to it. And if you could, give us a follow on social media. I'm at Body at B-R-A-W-N-B-O-D-Y. And Julie is at goalsetmindset underscore J-B. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you on Wednesday.